Welcome to the Vineyard Cleveland podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For further information and other resources, please visit vineyardcleveland.org. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the life of Mary, the mother of Jesus, on Mother's Day today. And I'd like for you to welcome a dear friend of mine, Julie Barnhart. We're going to have a conversation today. Would you welcome Julie? Welcome, welcome. Good to see you. Thank you. Now, you have just recently gone through school again. Is that correct? I've been in school forever. Forever. (laughs) And you received a degree recently. Is that correct? What what is this all about? Tell Um, us about this. Well, I have... I just completed my Doctor of Ministry in Formational Counseling at Ashland Theological Seminary. and um, Yeah, give it up for that. Come on. Amazing. And so um, it's, it's a practical ministry degree to help me do more ministry. So that's, that's what I'm looking forward to doing. Awesome. And you are a mom. I am. And who is your son? Again, please remind us who your son is. Is he here today? He's the famous Ben Barnhart. The famous Ben Barnhart. I love it. I love it. Yes, my one and only. uh, Very special to me. Yeah, and one of my just dearest friends on the world and on the planet. I'm jumbling my words. I'm so in love with Ben. I'm I'm jumbling my words. One of the dearest people to me on the planet as well. And of course, your grandma as well of two, yeah. uh, two boys, Ben's two boys. Yes, Ezra and Silas. And they're here today, too. And they're here. T- Yay. Yeah, for, so good. For Ezra and Silas. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Well, today um, I wanted to talk a little bit with you and, and get your perspective on just Mary, the mother of Jesus. Sometimes this can be... A controversial thing um, if we talk about across denominational lines and whether uh, folks are revering her too much or or whatever. That's not what we want to get at today, but really we want to focus on some specific changes that Mary experienced in her life. And before everyone says, well, I'm not a mom and so this doesn't apply to me, we, Julie and I believe that like these are all things, these changes that Mary experienced that we can all pull from and in her narrative as as the gospel writers tell Mary's story that all of these changes can apply to everybody so there's an inclusiveness about it except for the first one is that right <laughs> that's right and what would that what's what's the first change that Mary experienced <laughs> only half of the people are able to experience right. that which is the physical change um, of course that was kind of the first thing I thought of as soon as you have a child, your body physically changes in many ways and um, hormones and stretch marks and (laughs) scars and stitches and all those things. And so I don't know what it was like for Mary because we weren't there, but um, we know that she was physically changed as soon as the Holy Spirit came over her. And I think too that, you know, in, in Protestant churches, we often just ignore Mary 
and and that you know maybe isn't the best because I think Mary has things to teach us too. Um, she was definitely one of Jesus's closest disciples. She followed him, so it's, yeah. she's important. So, what would you say maybe to women as a word of encouragement this morning? who have undergone changes in their body over the course of their lives or through a pregnancy, maybe a miscarriage even, what word of encouragement would you give today? Well, first of all, as far as body image, if if I thought my value was based on how I look, I would be unhappy every day. And I don't want you guys to be unhappy every day. Um, your value is based on what's inside you, yeah. not what's on the outside. And that's really important. And, um, you know, at miscarriages, um, even abortion, those are, those are very hard things for a woman to go through. And um, I guess that there's just redemption, you know, in, in all of that, Jesus wants to bring you beauty for ashes. And, um, so, so never lose hope in that, you know, there's, there, there's more for you. Yeah, that's really good. And the next change that we sort of identified was this spiritual change that was happening in, in Mary's life. And we can kind of see that in the narrative. If you guys had your Bibles and you wanted to flip there with me or turn there with me in Luke, um, as Mary is given this news that she will carry the Messiah, you know, she has a really interesting response in Luke one thirty-eight. She says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said, then the angel left her. Talk to us a little bit about the spiritual change that we can infer from the scripture. Even just this one little piece, this one little nugget of, may it be unto me as you have said. What can we draw from that? Well, I think that in the Jewish culture, they, they were waiting for the Messiah. And so I think that often women thought about whether or not they might be the one who was the mother mm. of the Messiah. But I think in Mary's heart, she just had open trust that whatever the angel said was was okay and and that's a pretty big deal because there's a lot of ramifications we'll talk about some of that later there was a lot of ramifications to what this would mean for her and um i thought of abraham who who believed god and it was counted to him for righteousness and mary mary just believed god and okay but you know and and her question was not faithless. She just wanted to know, well, how's this going to happen? You know, and mm-hmm. and maybe maybe even, well, who's the father going to be? Because, yeah, that might matter to me. Right. <laughs> you know. So, um, but but her 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 life was full of faith, and and then she was changed by everything else that happened to her, and she heard the words. The people said, and she kept them and pondered them in her heart. She was she was a thinker. She was a deep thinker, and and I think, and that's, you know, she never forgot what people said. That was a good thing. Yeah, and of course, you're talking about um, 
that little verse there in Luke where it says that she went away and she treasured or cherished or pondered all these things, all, mm-hmm. all the things that have been spoken, had been prophesied over her. And I don't know about you, but I don't think I, I don't think my heart looks like that a whole lot. I don't treasure the things that God speaks to me, the promises, not as often as I, sh- as I should, I think. Mm-hmm. But many, I, I think there are many sitting to, here today or joining us online who would be able to say that they've changed spiritually over mm-hmm. the last year. That this year has been so, um, this past year or so has been so pressing or maybe traumatic or maybe encouraging for, for some folks. Um, how do we respond to God when we sense that our lives are shifting spiritually? Spiritually, Like when our lives are spiritually shifting, how do we respond to God? Or how should we? Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of ways. If you look at Mary, one of the things she did right away was she left. (laughs) She went away and she went to her cousin Elizabeth's house. And I think she needed some time. And some, we need time with God. We need to to go away from all the pressures, and we need, I think, to spend time with Him, yeah. and and to go and be with people who lift us up. And Elizabeth said that she had met the the one who was carrying the Messiah, the Lord, and she knew it immediately. And that was an encouragement because Mary didn't have to explain it to her. Mm. And uh, so that was beautiful. Yeah. That's good. Can you, can you tell us how, how you um, practically kind of walk this out in your life? Uh, this, this idea of treasuring or pondering these things in your life. There's kind of a contemplative bend to Mary here that we're seeing. How does that yeah. look f- for you? Just, I mean... In your every day? Um, well, in the past, I um, was very uncomfortable with compliments or even encouragement, and I would kind of knock them out of the air, you know, because um, I just wasn't comfortable. And that had a lot to do with my self image, my, the way I felt about myself. But now when people encourage me, I, I, I hold it and I, I think, you know, thank you. And, um, and I, I don't knock it away. I, I, I often feel inadequate or unable, but I, I listen to the things that people say. And sometimes I'm just amazed. But, but I try not to dismiss them anymore because God wants to encourage me. When someone says something to you, even if it seems like you've got to be kidding me, <laughs> you know, listen, because it, there's truth. People, people speak what's on their hearts. It's generally has truth for you. I, that's what I, I've decided. Yeah. That's good. And you talked a little bit about how Mary, as soon as she receives this news, she, she goes away, and she treasures, she ponders, cherishes, and then she visits Elizabeth. 
And that's kind of where we're headed next with this change that's taking place in Mary's life. This, this huge change that's taking place in her life, it impacts her relationships Absolutely. in very real ways. I mean, right. maybe, maybe you could speak to some of the relational change that Mary is experiencing. Well, I noticed in whatever version of the Bible that I was reading this morning that she said, it said that she hurried to Elizabeth. Uh-huh. And I think that this, you see, this was not a culture in which you wanted to be found pregnant without being married. Mm-hmm. You could be stoned to death for that. And um, this was this was serious. And any of you who may have had to tell your mother that you were expecting a baby that you didn't expect, um, you might not, you, that that scene is probably not your favorite scene. Um, and I think telling people just brought Mary a lot of grief because people did not understand. And who's going to believe that, right? Um, the Holy Spirit came over me and now I'm pregnant. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's never happened before. <laughs> and I just, so, so I think she had a struggle and I think, and then there was the ramifications with Joseph. He found out he was, he was a good man. So he was going to put her away privately. He wasn't going to make a scene, but he wasn't going to marry her either because she was damaged goods now. And that wasn't what he wanted until an angel of the Lord spoke to him in a dream. And he was amazing. Sometime, maybe Father's Day, we should talk about him, because he believed everything God told him, and he acted on it for the saving of his family. Mm-hmm. And it was he's, he's an amazing example in the Scripture. But, yes, all of that. And so when Mary went to Elizabeth, and Elizabeth knew in already who was in her womb it was such a comfort and they both have these beautiful songs of praise to god and and you know elizabeth knows what mary's going through so that's cool yeah you mentioned in our conversation this past week how you know this is something that followed jesus well into his life as he starts serving people and um, there's like this question um, that's kind of haunting around around Jesus that's based on his legitimacy or illegitimacy. Yeah. The Pharisees accused yeah. him of being illegitimate at one point when they were attacking him. And um, he didn't he didn't really give them an answer on that. He didn't bother to. But yeah. but it was there. It he was an adult and they people still knew it that something was strange about his birth yeah so. and so you know you see this strength in in mary and who she is and um despite what other people may or may not be thinking about her about her situation about her claims you know um about what people are saying around town i think there's something that we hear this morning that that we can pull from from that as well that we can draw from that and that is like how how do we respond to God when our relationships are changing 
You know, there's, there's these dynamics that we experience, uh, whether it's with our parents or with friends or coworkers. And you know how sometimes you feel like sometimes some of those relationships you feel, man, that's, that's a really solid relationship. Like that one's like unshaken. Like I've, I feel good. And then others, there's others where you feel like, oh, I'm not so sure there's like insecurity there, um, how that person feels about me or, gosh, they really said something that really damaged our relationship um, without knowing it or being aware. So how do we respond relationally when things are shifting? How do we respond to God? How do we respond to others, um, you know, today in our lives? Well, I guess, again, I think it's a, it's a place to hold on to the Lord and also to hold on to what he says about you. Because whatever the people that you're in relationship with have to say to you, it has to be judged by what God says about you. And you are his beloved child. You have been created for a purpose. You you are precious to him and those things can sustain you through relationship changes and some things you know just in life people just come and go and sometimes you have to let people go um some things are very difficult um I've had um, a difficult year with my parents uh, declining and being in hospice there they changed, you know. Um, my mom is not who she was. Um, my dad is is gone now, uh, so that's definitely a relationship change. Um, but but it's it's always Jesus, and boy, and I don't want that to sound trite because yeah. um, he has more for you, whatever it is. You know that you need the Creator of the universe has more for you, because He yeah. always has more. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, I'm, I I just find my heart in this moment, like, because um, I, I think all of these changes uh, circle around identity. Yes, and just as things are changing, the I mean, you mentioned in your in your personal life, you know, what's taking place this past year and many others have felt the landscape of their lives relationally uh, drastically shift Mm -hmm. you know and knowing um yeah i don't i don't know if it sounds trite but it's so complex out there but at the same time the simplicity of following jesus and know and believing what he says about you Mm -hmm. and the promises he's spoken to you I wonder if you could speak to identity just a little bit more well, kind of press in there. One thing I also saw about Mary was that her identity changed. She went from being, as it says, a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph to becoming the mother of God. Um, and and, and um, that's, a, that's a major shift in identity. Yeah. And... Um, I think it blew her away a lot of times, and I think that's why she pondered all these words in her heart. But each of us goes, we have a shift in identity. Whenever we 
become followers of Jesus because we go from being lost, alone, um, sinful, dark, to being adopted as children of God. And, and we become loved in his family. And we are now someone that we weren't before. And all of that matters so much in all of these changes like that we've gone through in COVID and uh, just the other things that happen in life, which, um, you know, which hit you at the, at the base of your identity um, loss of jobs, you know, COVID's been bad for that. A lot of people find their identity in their work, mm-hmm. which is not bad completely, but mm-hmm. you can never put your identity in something you can lose because then you won't know who you are. So you need to put your identity in the Lord Jesus you say Christ. Say that one again. You, never put your really identity good. in something you can lose because you won't know who you are. And so you need to put your identity in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amazing. You talked about um, this identity shift from a virgin pledge to be married to, I mean, essentially coming, becoming the mother of God and what that must have been like. And we had, we had a good laugh back, back there um, this past week when we were preparing for this morning about what that must have felt like. I mean, and that's, that's the last change that we're going to talk about is emotional change. You know, definitely there's, there's not one person sitting here this morning who says, you know, I was untouched. The most intellectual of people cannot say I was untouched emotionally by the events of this past year. Something, whether it was social unrest or COVID or the loss of a loved one, has been touched emotionally and experienced change. And what that must have been like for Mary, you know, all of these emotions that she's going through as the mother of God. We talked about um, how... As the mother of God, you're a lot. Okay, a lot of parents out there think that their kids never sin. (laughs) I mean, my kid, Winnie and Luca are perfect, perfect kids, right? But Mary could actually say that that Jesus was without sin, and what that must have felt like for her. Uh, I think you mentioned the the wandering off bit at, at the temple. Right. Well, you know, so they're terrified. Jesus is missing. He's 12 years old. They've gone a day and a half journey already out of town, and he's not with the company. And if you've ever misplaced a child in a store <laughs> or something, it's terrifying. And you don't know... You, and then, of course, you're furious when you finally find them because, because, because your fear translates into anger. What did you do this to me for? But Jesus has not sinned. And I think it's really hard, you know, for Mary um, and Joseph probably to put their minds around the fact that, well, he was doing what he was supposed to be doing. Um, but uh, Mary's emotions had to be, um, you know, first the, the joy of, of being a mother and, and the specialness of her child. But then 
you know, they had to run away from Herod, too. There was a terror. And when they came back, they knew that lots of little boys had gotten killed because of them. And that must not have felt very good. Um, And what do you say, you know, Mm. to somebody who's lost their two-year-old? And you you have your two-year-old. And then... And then I was reading this morning about Mary standing next to the cross. And Mm. her heart was torn out. And I think, I don't think I could stand there um, myself. But I I have a feeling that she was hoping right up until the very end that he would come down, that he would do something. And um, how terrible, terrible. And that's what Simeon had prophesied in the temple when Jesus was presented. He had prophesied, a sword will pierce your own heart, Mary. And it certainly did. She, you know, and I, I, I see why people revere Mary, because she seems that she could understand us. Um, and she does. But um, because she's been through almost everything that you could imagine, um, and and yet she and she stayed true to Jesus, and her devotion was always there. So when our emotions are constantly changing, you know, um, our emotions a lot of times. Folks refer to them in, uh, by way of analogy, like shifting sands. You know, um, we feel differently about different things from one day to the next. When they're shifting, how how do we respond to God? And you'll notice these these changes are each taking a, a more general approach of, okay, what was it like for Mary, and then how do we respond to God when things are shifting? And so how, what would you say to folks who are experiencing this morning, whether on the live stream or here in the room, just significant emotional change? Um, maybe it's going through a new season in life. You know, Sarah and I are talking a, a lot right now about uh, the two containers of life. And the first one seems to be pretty full. We're shifting in, in, uh, into halftime and then into the second stage of our lives, you know, and what that feels like and unfamiliar feelings and all of this. It, it may be folks who have lost a, a, a loved one due to COVID and they're experiencing all of the emotion, the, um, uh, the sense of sorrow or grief. Mm-hmm. Um, for others, it, it just might, they, they might not be able to pinpoint it. It might just be like, man, my emotions are one way today and another way tomorrow, but they're definitely changing. What sort of encouragement would you give us um, in how we respond to Jesus? Well, your emotions are important because they tell you a lot about what's going on in your heart. And um, so, you know, a lot of, a lot of people want to push emotion down, push it aside, uh, get away from it, um, in counseling, we tend to say that the best way out is going through. Mm-hmm. And um, if it's grief, you, you need to allow yourself to grieve. 
um, take it to Jesus. Um, every grief that that you have, it, it says, and we we don't understand how this works, but it says that He bore our griefs and He carried our sorrows on the cross. And and I don't know exactly what that means, but it means something, and it means that He wants you to bring it to Him. And um, don't dismiss your emotions because they're they tell you important things. But don't necessarily act based on how you feel at this moment, because it might change soon. And um, take every one of those things to Jesus and, and ask Him um, what He should, what you should do. It's always a good plan. Always a good plan. Jesus, help. Tammy, our children's pastor, always says. This wonderful prayer, it's so eloquent, it's so lengthy, it's so studied. God, help. Jesus, help is a good place to start, right? That's right. That's right. And, of course, I'm an advocate of counseling and getting help and talking to somebody. So, Yeah, I think, you know, through all of the change, uh, you know, God... uh, he sees where we've been over the course of the past year, over the course of our lives. Um, and he hasn't left the throne. Jesus is still faithful. You know, the, the promise of his resurrection, which was spoken to, to Mary, you know, was fulfilled. Jesus rose from the grave. And so there is this victory over death and death and all of his friends. I wonder what you could say to folks this morning who um, maybe would say, yeah, I, I get it. Jesus rose from the dead. He's been on the throne. You know, he's faithful, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I'm just not experiencing hope in my life. And, and just kind of end here this morning for folks who are looking for hope. Well, I mean, that, that's the, the scary thing is that our Christianity would ever become trite, blah, 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 <laughs> like, yeah. like he said. Um, our hope is actually not in this world. Um, and, and that's a pretty big leap of faith for a lot of us to say, okay, I have to look beyond. I have to look to what is promised, and that is that Jesus is coming back. There will be a new heaven. There will be a new earth where righteousness dwells. Things will be right. And that's our hope. And that's where the people we've lost, we, we can see them again if they're followers of Jesus. And um, that's, that's we have to look past the things here. And that's not easy to do. Um, I, I'm only starting to learn that myself. So good. We're going to take some time and worship together and respond to God. As we close this morning, Ben is going to come and and lead us in a worship response. But Julie, I'm just so grateful for you. I know um, just in our conversations together, I just learned so much about who God is and who, like what it looks like to follow Jesus in my life. And I'm just, I'm really grateful 
for you as well as a mom because Ben is amazing. And um, I think you guys just, Julie is just such a gem as far as like, um, yeah, if there's anyone who needs prayer this morning for anything, and definitely if you're online as, as well and you're tuning in, you need prayer for anything. Maybe it's surrounding some sort of change that's happening in your life, whether it's relational, spiritual, emotional, um, physical. Um, I'm sure that Julie w- would love to pray with you if you're here this morning. Um, others who are uh, trained to pray in uh, one thing that I've found as we start to reemerge, of course, with, with masks and all, um, just the, the gift we have as believers in praying for one another. Um, I think at men's group a couple weeks ago, someone just laid their hand on my shoulder and prayed for me. And just the physical touch of that's been gone from our lives, of just coming alongside of someone and praying for someone, is just a really powerful exchange that's happening where God meets us. Jesus meets us in in the power of the Holy Spirit and he changes our lives. He helps us through the change that um, that we're going through. He helps us through it. He puts his spirit in us. And so if you need... If you need prayer for anything this morning, whether it's physical healing or it's some sort of change you're going through, um, we'll, we'll be available to pray. But let's respond and, and worship. Julie, thank you so, so much. Can we give it up for Julie? So good. So let's... Um, oh, go ahead. Thanks for the opportunity. Okay, yeah. Um, if you're in the room this morning, would you join us in standing? And we're just going to respond and worship.